Welcome back to The, the Mentors. Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. And yes, you're listening to a show where we tell stories of ordinary people that became extraordinary entrepreneurs and leaders despite lack of experience, money, or connections. And this week, we're back with part two of our conversation with the wonderful, talented Rodney Williams, who we had a pleasure of speaking with last week. The episode went a little bit long. That's why we decided to separate it into two parts, just because we didn't want you to miss any part of the conversation. We didn't really cut anything out from this conversation. All the details that Rodney covered about the ups and downs and the pivots of his business are in this interview. And this second part really focuses around why Rodney, even though he was already building a business that was very successful and generating a bunch of revenue, he was actually forced to look into a completely different market opportunity for reasons that you'll hear in a minute. And it turns out that this is a much bigger market opportunity in the payment space. He's completely going to be disrupting it. And we're really excited because this technology is real, it works, and it's going to be in our hands very soon. So you're not going to want to miss this episode about exactly how they're building this technology. He's going to uncover the various technical aspects of this kind of product and why you have to be innovative in payments and why so many people haven't been able to do it successfully. But as a startup, they're able to do it now. Just to give you a quick preview of what you might be able to do with this technology, imagine ordering a cup of coffee and making a payment in the store without needing to be right near the terminal. How do you do that? Long range data communication. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's listen to Rodney's episode to find out. (laughs) Listen to this episode for sure. And if you haven't listened to part one, do go back and listen to that episode because there we talk about exactly how Rodney thought of the idea, how he tested it, how he ended up raising the first initial capital to build a product and closed his first deals, which to me, Amadeem, that's always the most interesting thing. You know that on the Mentors Podcast, we love the origin story, how to get past that first year or two, which is where most people give up. And Rodney had an incredible first year or two, so definitely check out part one of our conversation with Rodney Williams. But please enjoy this second part of our conversation with Rodney from Listener. So for me, it was about you know executing on the plan, and the plan was the ultrasonic tech needed to get better because it needed to stand on its own right now it was wrapped up in a an application no one else could use it and and my signal indicator was the beginning of 20 maybe it was 2014 don't remember now <laughs> but at some point we landed a deal from nbc like literally a nbc deal um and nbc bought they wanted an sdk and api that did everything that the app did and it caused, obviously, a huge um, disruption in the company, huge, like, oh, I don't think we should do it. We're doing good in music. Um, and that delay of getting that SDK API out, that took, I mean, honestly, that initial version took 15 months. With how many engineers working on it? You know, six. Mm-hmm. It was, we were still small, right? Maybe not even six, maybe like four. And just that delay and not clear strategy, I think that it just put us in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a crunch, a bridge situation where we had to do a lot more selling than mm-hmm. showing. And so you know, crosses over into the, the A, which is 2014. So we're out of money, um, but we are signing deals for the SDK. The, like we're signing deals, like we're big companies. You're using NBC? As an anchor for that? 
it was it was again back to the market. Um, it was an initial. It was a it was a um, fingerprinting and watermarking for broadcasts and live events didn't work, and this solution did. Hmm. And the second screen market was hot. Everyone wanted the Shazam, but everyone wanted the Shazam, the NBA playoffs, or I wanted the Shazam, like in the middle of a stadium. Um, and we were the only tech that could do that. So, um, and then so I learned something core there, right? We were just we were we were going to the same buyer of something very similar and selling something very similar <laughs> that did something that it couldn't do. It was just an easier sell. Hmm. Um, and companies were a little bit more willing to take risks. Um, so if you think about it, that was live events and broadcast. So all of a sudden we got three verticals now: music, live events, and broadcast. <laughs> All right, so that, that that was some of the stuff that started to happen in the background, and then live events turned into sports, and uh, there's there's a part of that story that comes out as well. Um, I can keep going, but uh, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, live events like festivals turned into we did a lot of festivals and it turned into sports, and we were like, wow, we can actually build a significant revenue base on live events and sports. So we signed like the biggest festivals, the the, the college and university network, we, we, we were signing, I think we were up to 10 NFL teams. And this is, um, I, I just skipped a big part of the story. So 2015, we finally launched this thing. We, we come out of Techstars, IoT company. People are like, wait a minute, how are they an IoT company? I thought it was a music company. We raised $10 million from Intel. That raise was predicated on the demand for the SDK. We were able to show literally over 70 enterprise companies requesting tech access. And like everybody from Samsung to like Sony, I mean, everybody wanted to touch it. Hmm. But that same year, sports took off. Sports and live events took off. And the good old lawsuit happened. <laughs> so, long story short, we got a lawsuit uh, at the end of 2015, I think. Or maybe it was 2016. Everything's merging at this point. But they basically said that um, uh, that we were recording voices and then interpreting these voices for brand and advertising purposes. That sparked uh, an FCC request. And you can imagine all those teams, everybody just said stop. That's why your beard's a little gray there, huh? Yeah, that's why my beard's a little <laughs> gray here. So I always tell people, technically, this company was supposed to be, like, a lot bigger. Because we, we actually have product market fit in multiple different industries. But it's different reasons and dynamics that cause it to slow down. So back to the chopping board. Again, we were always investing in tech. We were always investing in, in the raw sending data over audio, making it faster, making it reliable. And I, I remember going to the team, like, are we... Are we ready to do tickets? And they were like, oh, I think so. Um, did a test, got Splash, which is a New York company. Ticketmaster got word of it, went out to Ticketmaster, did a test, and they signed a big deal that came a big announcement. Really predicated because the impact of what we showed them blew them away. And we could probably take a pause there, but that, that's, that's what fundamentally turned us from everything we was to a true protocol that can authenticate, identify, and allow people to pay. So one question that I have um, is that, you know, it seems like at every 
point of the way when you hit obstacles, um, you would identify a market where the pull, the demand is really strong and you would go after and you would acquire a bunch of customers and demonstrate that demand to investors and use that to raise money. Talk about your process there of when you identified a new vertical, how would you generate that demand? Was it outreach? Was it referrals? How did you do it? Yeah, I listen and ask timely questions, you know, um, and I think like for me, it's not about how the technology works. It's what it should do. And I asked a lot of questions like, okay, well, like, how do you want a fan to engage? Like, how, how does people, how should people pay? To be honest, I have an opinion, obviously. I, I actually, the foresight that happened in the beginning of why I went down this path with this technology is because, you know, when you're a brand guy, you study a customer journey. You know, from the moment of need or reception to need to purchase to fulfillment. And what I what I learned about that entire process is that there's tons of friction. And the most um, part of the friction that I hate is when you pay for things, or when you identify things, or when you use a coupon. Or, so I, all those things I thought was cumbersome, and they were mainly driven by QR codes, barcodes, NFC, very tangible, tactile pieces of hardware. And I thought that there could be a better connector, a better glue. And that was the premise. Now let's go out and make money with music. Okay, now let's do this uh, lawsuit. Fantastic. Um, the original plan that we were always going to have, you know, a significant base of revenue that would just be associated to fan engagement. And it was just going to be an always on funnel. Um, but once the lawsuit came out, we felt that let's just go ahead and turn the horse. So, so listening, you learned that, I'm sure, at your time at Procter & Gamble and as a brand person to, to listen first and then offer up a, a solution of doing something better. But still, you know, generating significant demand from 70 enterprise customers for some companies takes years. How were you able to do it so quickly? Yeah, did you have like a big direct sales force or business development team that was helping you out as well? How'd you make sure that you could hit those milestones? Um, so these are good moments. And if you look at any of our history, these are also moments where we spiked in press, right? I mean, it was, at the end of my, at the, at the end of the day, I am, I, um, I don't like to call myself a marketer, but I understand growth fundamentally, plan by plan. It can be systematic. It can be direct sales. It could be ads. It could be a great story. It could be a lot of things. It could be a partnership. And we, I think when we, when we turn at any given moment, we create plans and we try to execute on the plan as best as possible. Like we will, and everything from who do you want to write the article, what we want it to say, like what's the what's the partnership we need to get the editor. Um, you know, it's a comp, so it's a combination of all of these things. And then um, what we like is raise awareness, raise traffic, create a funnel that we can capture them very, very easily. They become uh, like marketing qualified leads. And then based on marketing qualified leads, we should be able to turn them into sales qualified leads and vice versa. But it's all about raising awareness for a moment in time. You, you can, I give an example of this earlier this year, obviously you're gonna get to the point where we, we get into payments, but we, we go to NRF, booth, maybe an announcement. But regardless, I think we did 600 plus MQLs in that quarter. To be honest, 
that was all we had capacity to handle for the rest of the year. NRF is what? NRF is the National Retail um, Federation Conference. So from that one conference, you had 600 leads? Yeah. Qualified leads, yeah. Qualified leads. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we need to turn them to sales qualified leads. We need to turn them into opportunities. Then we need to create drip campaigns. We need to do that. I don't necessarily know I need more attention or need more customers, right? I got a funnel that I can always go after to pluck somebody out if I'm communicating the right message. Right. So these are some of the things that I learned all in this process of selling. I mean, we, we did it in sports where you raise the awareness of the tech, get some publicity. People people ding you. You capture them. You close them. Um, and and that, that's our strategy. I think that's much more of an enterprise sales strategy versus like, a, um, you know, different. We, we are definitely enterprise. You know, we're we're never going to have a thousand customers. We're going to have, you know, a hundred that makes sense to be a billion dollar company I don't, we need about 20 to be hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah no i mean when when you have higher deal sizes uh the unit economics are such that you can have less customers so it sounds like every step of the way a you leveraged either the experience or background uh that you had to make things happen so you evaluated whether what are the assets that i already have and how can I execute against this? Uh, and B, that it clearly was not a linear path. And it seldom is in any business. As a matter of fact, part of the reason why a lot of big companies end up slowing down in growth is because they don't know how to iterate. They don't know how to innovate and change directions when the market changes. And it sounds like you were sort of forced in those positions, whether it's going after a new segment, but then getting a lawsuit uh, or something else. And then you continued going towards the North Star. And it seems like that North Star for you was payments. So let's get to that. Yeah. When you decided to correct the ship, you said your vision early on was always bigger than just music. Was it payments specifically that you envisioned even in 2012 when you thought of the idea? Yeah, I mean, I, what, I, what I thought was that I was going to create, like, a, this was going to be like a flexible Bluetooth. Like, that's what I thought. Mm. So not replacing Bluetooth, like playing music on your Bose headphone. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of Bluetooth use cases that try to be beacons. They try to be, they try to be payment methods. People don't know that. They tried a lot with that technology, but what we thought was we can do that with the phones we already have, and all of our devices one day are going to have speakers and microphones, so we won't need to add hardware. And that was the premise. So payment, it was in that... It's like, if you look at our original IP, we say payment. We say payment. We say ticket. We say coupon. We say access control. Um, we say pair. We say sync. So those, like, I always say, like, there's, like, any use case that was under five feet that you did with the key, card, barcode, I mean, we wrapped it in that, to that initial IP. We didn't know which one was going to be the North Star um, into um, some point. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, did you realize eventually or have some sense that payments was going to be the biggest market opportunity for you? Well, uh, at this point, the team is bigger. We had much more smarter people on the team. And uh, we, all, we all went through we went through an exercise on market opportunities for all of the things we've done. Up until at this point, we did everything once, right? We've been integrated into like Lenovo. We've been integrated into cars. We've been integrated into security systems. At this point, we've done everything. So we did market opportunities and everything that we've done. And the biggest by far was mobile payments. Hmm. Um, but there was also, now there was a product gap. And we're like, wow, should we go after it? Obviously, we decided to go after it. The end of 2017, 
we close a private round with Synchrony Financial. And if everyone doesn't, Synchrony Financial is the largest private label credit network in the U.S. They power credit cards by like Amazon to a bunch of retailers. And they were very forth thinking. At this point, no payment guys inside the company. But we were making it robust. I, I would tell you that we got we started to understand why. We started to understand the value proposition a lot from them and a lot from if they're willing to make this investment and it was not about revenue, it was about again, this you guys are just this is so disruptive. We needed to understand why. And the head of the product at the time definitely was able to tell us why. <laughs> and that continued to our current another current financial um, investor. And what happened from 2017 to now is a series of really of milestones that we needed to hit based on a, a commercial contract product milestones that that are designed. And I can actually tell you these product milestones that were actually designed to turn this technology into the best way to pay ever created. What are some of those milestones? Uh, some of those milestones were, um, for instance, there's two payment scenarios that that we have with the product. One is called, we like to call point. This is like one-to-one, very similar to the NFC. Um, but they wanted to introduce distance. So to introduce distance in a secure transaction, obviously you need to have a couple exchanges and then you need to have a confirmation. Um, basically, what was unidirectional needs to become full duplex and it needs to have multiple carriers. Signals. One for identification, one for this, one for that. Think of it as security suite. And then why would you want a transaction where you can have distance? Well, there's a lot more mobile wallet distances growing. The easiest today is drive through window. If you ever go to Starbucks drive through window in California, I love to see people reaching out and handing their, uh, their phone. It's nasty. <laughs> um, or like in-store pickup or like Target just launched. You know, you, you buy your groceries and, you, and then, so distance requirement of turning with this, you know, a few centimeters, making it six inches, 12 inches, two feet was a real requirement. So great. Wow. So we did that. Woo. Um, then some of the next, the, the other milestones was, okay, great. We want to create entire pay zones. We're like, well, why do you want to take pay zones? To, to, number one, to make something a pay zone. So I want to specify a particular area and allow multiple people to pay in it. And I want to transmit present-based information concurrently so that means not one-to-one that's many-to-many or many-to-one that's multiple channels multiple carriers significant increases in data throughput and reliability and security you name it and we built that and then they began to test it now as they began to test both of these things and all right, for instance, why is wire zones incredible? Just think of uh, like all of the scan and go um, store products or like Amazon Go where you walk in, you walk out. You're actually scanning a QR code and scanning a QR code out, right? That, that's, needed, that's matching um, the image processing to, to your account, basically. Um, basically, we are doing it in air and space. You walk in, you walk out. That's technically what happened. What they want you to do is just stop and open up the app and you're gonna get this little confirmation. But what's happening is that we're passing what would have been that information over ultrasonic. 
So the zone is zone is more like that. The zone is very very powerful. The zone also for like imagine QSR restaurants like one of my favorite is Sweet Green. So why this is all matter? So we we go through all this testing. What happens is the the other part that we find out is that the fee structures um, technically everything that's a QR code or barcode, you know Starbucks to Walgreens to Walmart etc is significantly more expensive. It's an e-commerce transaction. And then um, what Apple Pay does, or every time you swipe your card, is cheaper. But everyone doesn't necessarily, they don't necessarily like Apple Pay. Because how am I going to build an omni-channel retail product without knowing who my consumer is? So anyway, you, you load up all of these dynamics and all of a sudden you, you have uh, a network of customers that are willing to give this solution the, the best fee structure in the market with product benefits that can't be matched with any other technology. Um, and one of the biggest things that we learned is technically mobile payments are being restricted. Why are they being restricted? Is because every OEM has said, I am the only wallet that can use the NFC. Hmm. And Visa has said that payments is for everyone, right? Or, you know, MasterCard says payments is for everyone, but the fee structures on e-commerce are, are, are different. So you have 62% of the total mobile wallet transactions today are actually not NFC. And that number is growing rapidly. So all of a sudden, Listener becomes a payment method that powers not only the retailer mobile wallets, but it powers all of the use cases of the future. Um, and it does it cheaply than ever before. And cheap fee structures are built on liability. You know, do, I, do I really know that you actually pay, made that payment? So if you think about what's happening when you all of a sudden can create space and you can transact in space, think about all of the e-commerce transactions today that could be cheaper. Car share, ride share, you get into the car. Um, when, you, when you're Uber, pick, Uber delivery, Uber Eats, um, tickets now become, instead of buying it online and redeeming, they come, they, they, you pre-off and then they redeem in person. All of a sudden, we're much, we're definitely a sexier solution. But uh, um, that's, that's, some, that's, that's what we're going after. That's where we're going after. So we've completed some of the first field trials, but actual consumers will actually start to have this in their hand um, in Q4 this year and Q, Q4 this year and Q1 next year. Um, I'm really excited about it. Wow. You know, one of the things I want to ask you is that obviously you're, you've developed, you've surrounded yourself with a team that really understands this and you've developed a certain technical fluency. But, you know, it's one thing understanding the product and going after these use cases. And it's another thing to understand the, um, the way you actually structure these deals. And so I'm curious, as you go after these new verticals, you're going after completely different customers with different applications that are really important for these, end, for these customers. How did you figure out how to actually structure these deals and how to price these deals and these contracts with these big enterprise players that you're playing with every new market that you enter? Yeah, so some, some of the, the talent that we acquired the biggest chunk we took i mean we took a my, my then president now ceo was the gm at grace note we took the head of finance at grace note head of engineering at grace note if you know anything about grace note at one point grace note was sitting on 98 percent of mobile devices and like 90 plus percent of cars and grace note was in everything from like speakers to homes to mobile devices grace note was basically that the they as a kodak and a fingerprinting company that identified what song, and then it, it would show you your screen. And they were one of the first audio codec companies that licensed 
audio codex as a technology. Not saying that we're an audio codex, but we are very similar, right? Things like they charge cars a dollar fifty per car, or things like they charge things like this. So I like to think that when we when we attracted that talent, that was my base. Now let's figure out how creative we can be, and I, you know, how much of the pie can we get? That and how much of the pie can we get is actually an innovation discussion. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a nice balance of what's the value that you're providing, and how much is it worth. And we we still go back and forth from that. And because these contracts are so big, we can't really have a single price. We we know that some people are willing to pay per transaction. Some people, our customers, are willing to pay per user or per year. But we're you know we're talking about billions of transactions. We're talking about millions of users. We're talking about you know it's like so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll even out. Yeah, we're, we're okay. I, I like to say, if because all of a sudden what's happening, when we emerge towards the end of this year and the beginning of next year, it's going to be very, very clear that we're a payment company. Right? If it's not totally clear now, it's going to be super clear. Yes, we're going to have use cases in mobility because we're going after payments in mobility. We are going to have use cases in ticketing, but it's, we're going to change the ticket. The number one is going to be how we pay. But when you think about it, um, you, know, you think of like Stripe. Stripe is essentially an e-commerce payment product we're going to have a product that's going to have a better fee structure hmm. I can definitely tell how you're removing a ton of friction now with your new product it's clear to me because even for me I mean sometimes if I'm trying to make a payment with my phone and the angle is off it doesn't uh, scan and that already is annoying so that that's pretty clear to me but I gotta ask you this I mean you've had a bunch of traction along the way you must have had acquisition offers as well. Did you ever, did you? And did you ever think about entertaining them? Uh, Actually, in the very, very, very beginning, we we had an acquisition offer. That company has since died, but learned a lot from that company. Um, I think that over the past, the companies and partners that are have yet, I have yet to name are, are definitely circling. I mean, there's, what could happen in Q4 or what will happen in Q1 is, 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 is like everybody's eyes are open. Or more importantly, the folks who know are watching very, very closely. And that's why I kept saying, like, you know, when I first came in today, I was like, oh, you know, I'm super, not nervous, but super stressed, right? We have so many milestones internally to hit. It's one thing to do it in the lab, then do it in a lab, a bigger lab and in a bigger store. We're at the point where, like, and we already done, like, 16 million transactions simultaneously or something crazy. Wow. And tested everything from seamless secure. It's now to the point where it's like, okay, no, no, my mom might get this. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that that's enough risk in itself. But, you know, the, the reality is that if it proves to be easier to use and cheaper... And it's software, so we're not asking you know retailers to go out and buy new things. Um, everything would say that this would this should accelerate very very fast, and next year should be a fun year. Well, well, it sounds like it does sound like a really exciting time for you. It also sounds to me though that at every step of the way you were able to uh, sort of seize the opportunity, stay focused, stay excited. 
and just keep moving the ball forward. And you're clearly doing that now. It seems to me like it's going to be at even a bigger scale, which is awesome to hear. I think for our audience, probably the most important thing is to A, build up your skills to make sure that you can see these opportunities when they are out there. And also to surround yourself with the right people at every step of the way to be able to execute against them quickly, especially when there's as much pull as you've been seeing from all the different verticals you've been attacking. Uh, How can our audience learn more about Listener and get in touch with you if needed? I'm I'm pretty accessible. I'm you know I think all of my handles are are Rodney B Williams. Um, You want to talk anything? Talk to me, and you can follow Listener. It's uh, L I S N R dot com. Um, big uh, website refresh coming in of September. <laughs> Take a look at it. It'll be pretty obvious that what's happening um, based on that because it will have all. It will, it will basically say everything. Um, but no, that's uh, that's my story. That's very exciting. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Rodney. Inspiring not only to our audience, I'm certain, but also to us to see a new innovation like this. You know, sometimes you know it's like oh, like maybe I'm telling the good parts of the, all the stories. I can tell you that it is incredibly hard each and every way and. The story that you're hearing is a story where it, 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 it it's going right just enough to keep it going. Yeah, well, also, I mean, when good things happen, like you said yourself, now you have a ton of milestones to reach. Yeah, there is opportunity, but there's still risk, and there's I'm sure there's a ton of nerves, and you have to make sure you have the right team in place and that you're actually delivering on it in case something bad happens or the market shifts or a competitor comes in that you can handle it. So just because these things sound good and it's a fun time doesn't mean it's not hard, and you have to be prepared for that even when the good times do come. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Rodney. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, that was great.